I'm the mother. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And for all of you out there, I'm the mother. Regardless of what happens, how you feel, I'm the mother. And here's where I think where the strictness comes in. You do what I tell you to do. And yes. that's it. There's no, and you know, that's, that's just the way I am. You don't have a, a voice. I pay all your bills. I make sure that you are having the best life you can lead. You do what I tell you to do. And parents, this is what I say to mothers, how are you going to let an eight-year-old tell you what they're going to do? Who, who left them in charge? You're the mother. Parent them. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Let's get it surprise because we got a bonus episode today is sunday may 8th 2022 aka mother's day and in honor of this very very special day i wanted to make sure that you know we had a special episode and so today i have invited to the tea party my mom mom extraordinaire doctor lifelong educator dr jean jackson to share with us some of her parenting tips and tricks for Mother's Day. Now, trigger warning, I'm a warn y'all, okay? Some, if not all, of my mother's opinions and or strategies for parenting could be seen as unconventional, if not downright controversial. <laughs> I'ma just put it out there downright controversial but I think that as we are learning how to be better parents and in some cases be better children right because I think that something that I have had to learn how to do as an adult is how to better understand my mom and while I don't agree with everything that she does and says I think that having these conversations has been very important for me to gain a certain level of understanding over why maybe she did some things and why maybe she didn't do some things. And so agreement or not, I think that understanding is the key, right? Because if we can understand each other, then we can get to a place where things make sense. I don't have to agree with it. (laughs) She doesn't have to agree with me. But at least I can always say that I understand, right? And I can also say that good, bad, or ugly, I feel like moms, including my own, do the best that they can with what they have, right? We're not perfect. We're all trying to figure this thing called life out. But I truly believe in my heart that all moms are doing the best that they can. And they out here doing the Lord's work, okay? Because being a mother is not easy, I'm not a mother, but just from what I've seen and observed, it ain't easy. And so 
give your mom some grace today because we all seek to understand, right? Seek to understand, not to judge, right? Right. So that's where we are today. So I just want to take a few moments to thank my mom for being here and let her know that I love her very, very much and that I appreciate all the sacrifices that she's made for me, all the things that she's done for me. And there's no way I can repay her. And so look, I'm not even going to try, okay? (laughs) I know I'm raggedy. But I think that the best repayment is by being the best human that I can be. And so that's what I'm going to do. But you ain't getting no reparations, Jean Jackson. Don't even try it. (laughs) All right? And so with that, again, thank you, Mom. I love you. And I hope that all of you all out there today are holding your mom super, super tight or your mother figures super, super tight. And you're getting an opportunity to tell them that you love them. And I hope that if you are a mom, your kids are doing the same for you. All right. Wonderful. With that, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So, mom, welcome once again to the tea party. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm your mom. (laughs) Is that enough? Um, Why don't you tell the people a little bit more (laughs) about, because you're not just a mom, there's so much more to you. Okay, then I'll I'll give you just a little bit more. Uh, Let's see, I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a specialist degree, a doctorate degree, a retired principal. I was a principal for 17 years. I'm retired now. I'm an author. And most importantly, I'm your mom. Yes, you are my mom. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you could spend Mother's Day with me here. Well, here really with us at the tea party for our special Mother's Day episode. So I'm really hoping that everyone out there is getting an opportunity to spend some time with their mom. Um, just like I am, like since we keeping it sugar free, like Lord have mercy. Child. It was a journey today. <laughs> it was a journey today, wasn't it, mom? Like, you know, it's how- always a journey. Oh, Sid. Lord <laughs> have mercy. Child. You know how you, uh, your elders, you know, sometimes they struggle with technology. So it was struggle. Oh, wait a minute. Uh-huh. I didn't mean the struggle was about me. I didn't know the struggle was about me. <laughs> <laughs> you had, str- you were struggling finding your glasses, finding your shoes. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) My listeners understand. Can you turn the TV off of me? Can you put my Facebook on? (laughs) It was one of those days, friends, but we are here. I'm so excited to have you and I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into these questions because. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into the questions, I think uh, we need to have a little emotional wellness check before we get into these questions. Yeah. Am I going to have to pay for therapy if I shatter one of your fairy tale perceptions of the role you play in my life and continue to play? No, but for (laughs) the people out there, she's getting really aggressive. Like, well, I'm I'm not trying to be aggressive. (laughs) 
But I, I know we always have a different opinion about what was and what is and how it happened. I just want to make sure that I can be sugar-free or should I just add just a little bit of Splenda on it just to, to maintain the relationship? Look, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sugar-free podcast. So I always encourage my guests to be 100% sugar-free. First of all, second of all, this is my show, Ma. You can't come up in here steamrolling oh, on my show. My, like it's a Monday. Monday. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I asked the questions at the Sugar Free Podcast. No, I did. I listened to one of your shows that talked about boundaries. I want. I don't want to cross any of your boundaries. Well, if I have to go to therapy because of something that you said today, then that is my cross and burden to bear. So I want you to feel comfortable to be sugar free. But I also want you to keep in mind that if you're going to say something that might cause me to go to therapy, maybe we (laughs) might not want to say it. You know, like I'm just wait, wait, wait. I thought we were. So you do want a little bit of splendor. I want I want you to to be to speak freely. I want you to be honest. Um, But but don't hurt your feelings. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, like, is that really what you want? Is that your goal? That's what you want to do. But sometimes honesty is not the best policy. You know what our friend said in the movie? What did he say? You can't handle the truth. (sighs) Tell the truth. Let's go. Tell the truth. Let's go. Tell, Tell your truth. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Are that you good now? <laughs> <laughs> Is it over? <laughs> no. Okay, so one of the things that we talked about in season two was about making the decision on whether or not to have children. And that particular topic resonated a lot with my audience and it was one of our highest rated episodes of season two so I thought that it might be interesting to get my mom's perspective on why you decided to have kids um and kind of what all factors led up to your decision making and um including the fact that you waited a little bit later in life to have kids, which I feel like is more common now, but wasn't maybe the norm back when you were having us. And so you waited until 35 to have your first child. Why did you decide to wait so long um, to have kids? Well, first of all, let me, let me say this. You know, I was a principal. And every year we had a promotion ceremony for the kindergartners. And every year we called them up one by one and asked that foolish question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And every year, at least three of the little girls said, I want to be a mommy. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, how do these kindergartners have it all together? No, they want to be a mommy already. It wasn't like that for me, Sid. It was like, hmm, why not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you didn't necessarily want to be a mommy. I didn't think about it. I was traveling. I was partying. I was just having to live my best life, having the time of my life. And then one day it was like, hmm, I think I've done everything except this. There you go. That's fair. I mean, I honestly can relate a lot to that because as 
I near 35 um, myself, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. do I feel like do I do I want to have kids? And I can say that right now today, the answer is no, I'm not I'm not ready. Like, I don't think that I've done everything that I want to do or need to accomplish to feel like I'm in a place to have kids. So I can understand wanting to wait until you've gotten some of those things out of the way and then you can feel like you're in a good place. But, you know, if I'm 40 and I still don't feel like I'm in a good place, I'm going to be in trouble. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> what I found out, and I don't know how, if that's one of your questions, but I don't know that you ever can really prepare for parenting. So even though you have this plan and I want my white picket fence and my cute little apron around the house with the kids. I don't know that that plan is going to work for you or if it works for anyone, but I don't know that you can actually plan to have to be a great parent. I see. Well, I don't necessarily, I'm not waiting till I can be a great parent. I'm just waiting till I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And when I say like, I'm ready, and I don't necessarily feel like I've done everything. Like, it's not just like I'm waiting to make X dollars or have X amount of money in the bank. I'm, I'm feeling like there's still some things out there that I'm missing that I that a baby's not going to complete. Like, I need to complete some things for myself so that I can be a whole person. Like, I don't know if I'm going to it's going to be any easier to complete those missing pieces with a baby in the mix at this point. And. And, and let me say, you won't be able to complete those missing pieces, <laughs> at least until they're 18 and headed off to college. But, you know, there are other things that you have to consider. You know, when I said, why not? You know, I was I was a, a party girl. I know you don't want to hear that, but I was a party girl. I know you're a party girl. Like, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Can, can I tell the people my mom is acting like I don't know her? Like, she's like, oh, are you going to need therapy after? I know you like, I know you was, listen, I know you was living your best life. I already but know. Here's, but here's what happened. So I get pregnant. I'm still at the bar getting ready to, you know, take my drink. Like I do every Friday. And one of my girlfriends said, Hey, you know, you have to keep that baby alive. You shouldn't be drinking. And that's when it hit me. Oh, I'm going to have to keep somebody alive. And I haven't had a drink since that night. And it's been, that's been 35 years. Listen. And I'm still trying to figure out this parenting thing. <laughs> you're lucky you're not still pregnant, all right? Because I would have to report you to CPS. What you mean you sit at the bar trying to take a drink? And, what you mean? Well, you don't, you don't realize everything, all the sacrifices you are going to have to make. I've never crossed my mind that, hey, this is our last drink together. And you just... You don't think about that or I really shouldn't be in this bar with you guys smoking. And, you know, there are a lot of things that you don't think about. All of a sudden it's like, whoa, I have to stop this. So do you so are you ready? Like are you ready to do that? Those are the questions. You know, the big people look at the big questions. I want to have a baby. Do I want to da, da, da? the questions that you should be, be thinking about? Am I ready to give up my lifestyle? No, the answer to okay, that for me go. is no. There you go. <laughs> so do you feel like you're a different person or do you feel like motherhood made you a different person then? Um, I don't know if it made me a different person. It made me change my behaviors. 
So I don't know. It made, I had to, I mean, you. I don't know if that makes, because, because when you say different, I'm thinking I've really changed, but as soon as you guys moved out, did I go back to, Hey, (laughs) absolutely. You so that, so it didn't change me. It changed my behaviors so that I could be the best mother that I could possibly be. I see. But aren't we like, isn't a big part of who we are, how we behave and the things that we do? That's a big part, but it's not a permanent change. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It wasn't like, I'm not that person anymore. I'm still that person. But that person was not the per- the mother that I wanted to be. So as long as you know you t- you two were in the house and I was actually responsible for keeping you alive, alive, my behaviors changed. Now mm. that you're not here, doing some of those things again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to, uh, to, to the extent um, that it's necessary, right? Because you said not drinking is something that you've maintained, like right, like so it, you haven't right pick that back up. So there are parts of you that have been forever changed. Yes, absolutely. But that's not to say tomorrow I won't go to go to the club and have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen, let me let me tell you a story. Okay. So I don't know if you all have are fans of the show Bahamas Life. But on season three, episode one, my mom and I uh, starred in an episode of Bahamas Life. And so the general premise of the show is that you have to select your dream home in the Bahamas. You visit and tour a few properties and at the end you select your dream home. So we selected a home and now have our dream home in the Bahamas. And one summer I was in the Bahamas visiting my mother who I have never seen drink before. And we're at the little bar downstairs (laughs) and the bartender was like, Hey, can I make you some shots, shots, shots? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And she's like, give me one. And I said, what? Wait, hold up now. <laughs> and she drank it too. I was like, wait, hold up now. Who is this? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Had a little cerveza, which is beer in Spanish. I said, oh, oh my goodness. Who is this? I don't even know who you are anymore. I know. You just kind of revert back to what you liked or who you who you really are. Well, I think too, as an adult, I realize that there's a point that you get to in your adulthood where you realize you don't know as much about your parents as you thought. <laughs> and exactly. And so I feel like in the time since I've left home, I've come to know so much more about you than I think that I ever realized when I was a kid. I think when I was a kid, you started existing the day I was born. Like there was no real recollection or understanding that you were someone else and lived a different life before I was born. I feel like I've gotten more of a sense of that as I've gotten older. And I think a lot of people experience that because part of that too is like this feeling or this idea that your parents are infallible that they're superheroes and I've come to see you now more in your fullness as a human like you're a human you make mistakes that was something I don't think I really understood as a child well and and because for me that was the type of parent I wanted to be you know when I first got pregnant and stopped the drinking I told my friends you know 
I'll see you when my kids turn 18. And they were like, what, we're not see you, you know, when they go to kindergarten, absolutely not. I am going to raise my children and be there 100% of the time, see you when they turn 18. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I never went out. You know, as a matter of fact, I almost had, I thought I had a date once. And when he called the phone, you picked up the phone and said, you have the wrong number. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how did you know he had the wrong number? Because it was a man. Men don't call here. I'm thinking, oh, Lord. <laughs> Is that a true story? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely a true story. Well, I, I spared you. He probably wasn't the one. You're welcome. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome so with all of that do you and all the sacrifices that you made have you ever regretted your choice to become a mom absolutely not and I think waiting a little later in life I wanted to become a mom then because I thought it was time you know I, I've done I don't feel like I missed out on anything I literally did everything so I you don't tell feel the like what you did. Everything. I don't tell too much. But it's like I don't. So I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I was ready to be a mom. So I had no regrets. I was ready. This was like the ultimate challenge for me. I, well, well, we'll get into some of the challenges. But once again, <laughs> if you would just like to shed a little light on what everything. Did y'all hear her? She said everything. Girl, like, what I did everything? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> I snuck into a Laker game now. <laughs> oh, you're a rebel. Okay, so as my mom mentioned during her introduction, in addition to having 50 degrees and giving us every accolade since kindergarten, she also spoke about how she has written a book. And so the book that she wrote was about parenting and parenting tips. And yes, this shameless plug, she is now holding it up for us to see in the camera for those of you all who cannot see at home. So yes, she wrote a book called Surviving Kid Contrast, Techniques, Strategies, and Other Parenting Tips for How to Survive Parenthood. And so I wanted her to be able to share with us today, in addition to some of her own experiences, also some tips for moms, both new and old, young and more seasoned, uh, how we can be better moms. I feel like that's a perfect thing to talk about today on Mother's Day. So what would you say, generally speaking, is the goal of parenting? To keep you alive. <laughs> <laughs> so anywhere between alive and death <laughs> is success. To keep you alive. Um, you know, and my goal too was to make sure that you absolutely went farther in life than I did in terms of financial resources, in terms of education, to do more than I did. You know, one of the things I always said to you and your sister, you cannot be a teacher. You know, I was a teacher. I was a principal. That's not an option in our family. I want you to explore. There's a million things out there that you can do. I want you to, to do some things. And that's how we kind of, that's how I raised you. You know, so I don't know. 
Well, I think, first of all, there's a few things that you said there. So to be <laughs> to be clear, so long as you fall anywhere between alive and dead. Life and death, <laughs> success, I'm winning. <laughs> and, you know, you laugh and people think that's funny. But if you're a person, you know, I didn't wasn't raised around kids. So I didn't see anybody holding kids or, you know, feeding kids. I really did not know what it meant to actually raise a child. Change. I didn't go to the parenting class where you learn how to change the diaper or feed the baby. I didn't do any of that. I figured, heck, I got a doctorate degree. I can figure this out. You didn't Wrong. have no doctorate when I, you were pregnant. Stop playing. I had, well, I had a master's. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> I had a, a master's degree in psychology. Does that work? But, you know, I didn't. But there are some just the little things that you don't know about parenting. So you laugh when I say I kept you alive. I kept you alive. <laughs> you yes, know, you, did. you you didn't have any <laughs> diaper rashes. You didn't choke on anything. You know, your hair was almost combed. <laughs> so don't don't downplay keeping the baby alive. That's it. That's important. You never fell off the bed. You never fell out of the chair. You know, these are things that, and the things have changed. When you were a baby, they said, never put your baby on their back. Well, so you were on your stomach. But now what do they say? The baby should sleep on their back. So the fact that you slept on your stomach the whole time was that, what? Were you in danger? <laughs> you were I... alive. <laughs> I kept it you was alive. alive. But when, when I talk about the goal of parenting, right, like I, I don't just mean as a baby baby, like I like what the goals are for infant children. Like, what do you feel like the overall overarching goal for parenthood is still just keep them alive? No, Mike, I don't have to keep you alive now. If you choke on that hot dog, I don't know why you eat a hot dog anyway, but that's your problem. But the thing I've been eating meat about- in six years. <laughs> My, as now my goal, I see is to see that you, to see that you flourish, and that I support you, and I remove any obstacles in your way that would keep you from being all that you can be. That's my job right now. I see. Whatever that is. Well, I, I that brings us back to the second thing that you talked about, which was never being a teacher or what have you, because I feel like both Mackenzie and I our teachers (laughs) like you know what I mean like I feel but I feel like you can't deny someone's gifts right like just because you felt like maybe that wasn't what you wanted for our lives it has been instilled and ingrained in us since a very young age in terms of what we viewed like what we saw the types of things and activities that we observed and a lot of that was service through teaching. Now, I don't think that either one of us are limited to teaching, but I think we've both found that teaching is a strength of ours and that's a gift that we can't deny. And let me say this, so I don't wanna insult anyone. I loved being a teacher. I loved being a principal. I retired because I loved it. I wanted to retire while I loved it and while it loved me. So let me say that right up front. I, was not, I didn't want you not to, be, to not become a teacher because I didn't love it. I absolutely loved it. But I wanted you to explore all of your options. 
That's it. And if, if you landed back on teaching, then you landed back on teaching. But I wanted you to always know there are so many more things out there. Just explore them. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're doing. I, at this point, I'm curious to know uh, just one more follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> you said you feel like it's your job to remove obstacles from my path. How at this point in my life, do you feel like you're able to do that? I mean, like, I feel like just from my perspective, like in a lot of situations that I may find myself in, there's just very little that you can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like not because you but, don't want to, but it's just like, you know, life. But there, there are things like, you know, when you came out of college, you know, I know you're going to need some place to live. I don't want you struggling or let's go back a little bit more in college student loans. You know, I know that when students come out, they have student loans that they have to pay. And, and that's a burden. And, you know, they can't buy a house. They can't do a lot of things because of the student loans. I tried to make sure that when you came out of college, you came out with a fresh start. You didn't have to worry about paying back a student loan because I made sure to pay all for all of your college. I mean, you got scholarships, but for the, the scholarship, when the scholarship didn't cover it, I covered it. Your father and I, I want to say that so he doesn't have a hissy fit. Even though we di we're divorced, he did contribute <laughs> to your college. <laughs> so, but you know, that was one obstacle. You're talking about what obstacles as an adult. I see. I see. Well, yes, dad, my, he did contribute to my law school education. So my sister, just so we can, my sister and I did receive full scholarships to attend undergrad for golf. And then for law school, I got a 50% merit scholarship to attend. And then my parents covered the remainder and uh, made helped me pay my living expenses as well. Exactly. Those were just two of the obstacles. And there were many little, little things when you wrote your book. You know, you needed someone to, to proofread. Even though we're in a time, the wrong time zone, you know, you'd wake me up at like one in the morning. Mom, can you proof this? Absolutely. If that's going to be a cause of concern for you, I'm going to get out of my bed and I'm going to proofread this book. So there are other there are ways that you can remove obstacles from, you know, your path as an adult. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> your sacrifice is appreciated. Yes. So Given everything that you've just described, what are some overarching general characteristics of good moms? A, a good mom to me is someone who has mastered the art of appearing flexible when they're really inflexible. Elaborate, please. Okay. You don't want your kids to always think, Oh, she's going to say no, 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 no. So I, I tried to be that mom that was never say no. That's what? my motto. Not, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, okay, I'm listening. never, never say no, but be a master at using the word, but I'll tell the story. When you were 12 years old, you came home and said, mom, can I have a boyfriend? Of course, I almost choked, but since I'm the master of the word, but. I said, of course you can, but he can't call you. You can't call him. He can't come over here. You can't go over his house. There's no whole hand holding at school. There's no note writing. 
So sure, go ahead and have a boyfriend. And you said, well, that ain't a boyfriend. Never mind. And I was like, yay, winning. I'm winning. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you frame it that way, because as a child, I felt like you are a very strict parent. And I felt like no was <laughs> the word often. It was inferred. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I didn't have like... to say it, but, you know, it's like, Another, I'll give another example, you know, kin, when you were in kindergarten, you know, and for those of you who don't know, my children, went, I was their, their elementary school principal. So, yeah, not a good thing. But, you know, they were the good kids. And so one day I come into the office and Sydney is sitting in the office in trouble. Sydney, what did you do? She was throwing wet napkins on the ceiling in the bathroom. It was toilet Sid, paper. And toilet paper. No, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Sid, why did you do that? She said, I said, she said, because I wanted to feel, see what it felt like to be bad. Okay. Well, let me show you what it feels. We came home and we have this book rack, probably holds 200, 300 books in the garage where it's hot. I tilted it over, knocked all the books out. Sid, put these books back in the book rack. Well, her sister and I sat in the cool house eating ice cream. After she did it, sweated it out. I went out, turned it over again. Said, I really wanted them in order from smallest to tallest. Well, here's what it feels like to be bad, Sid. So we didn't have that problem again. So there were ways. There were ways. I see. Well, I still had a good time throwing the spitballs <laughs> on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and but you were had a good time sweating it out in that garage but no but you never did it again let me and that's the key maybe you had a good time it was the best thing you ever did but you never did it again I never got caught again and that that's, <laughs> you laugh about that but that's crucial if I don't catch you if I don't see it or I don't catch you nobody reports you it didn't happen I'm okay with that <laughs> But if I catch you, we got a problem. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's the same with the commission of any crime. It's only that's a crime right. if you get if caught. If you get caught. <laughs> it's like I tell you, if you're going to tell me a story, you better make sure that the only person who could tear it down is the Dalai Lama. Isn't that what I told you? <laughs> so for reference out there. In <laughs> black culture, it's a bad word to say lie. So when she said, "Tell a story," <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. well, and let's get back to parenting. There are words that I just don't think you should use. Lie is one of them. That's a harsh word. I never used it with you. I would never say you're a liar under any circumstances. That's harsh. There are words I just don't like. Lie, stupid, but there are things that we don't use in our house, and people look at us like. But that's not a cur yeah. Well, we don't use those words. <laughs> so when you say "but," do you mean "b u t t"? Because you just said that you were the queen of "but." Yeah, but yeah, but "b u t t." Your okay. booty. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to be clear. I just want to make sure we're no. all on the same page. Your booty. I don't. We don't. We don't like. And there are other certain behaviors that we don't like. You know, you don't talk to me ever with your arms folded. You know, you, you know, we don't we don't know. We don't do that. We don't do the eye rolling and the head turning. Any of that is disrespectful. I see. Well, I will say that 
you know, to a certain degree, you are a product of your parents. And then to another degree, you're a product of the times. Right. And so while I know that saying lie is not appropriate with talking to you, I don't I personally don't have an issue with the word lie. And I probably would not mind if my kids said it or would you would you would you, would you be OK with them calling you a liar? Uh, See, sure, you, are you gonna... if I lied. <laughs> oh. Well, if I'm going to be their grandmother, don't even try it. Don't, who don't else is going to be about, their grandmother? Well, if they're going to be using words like liar, I don't know. We might have to farm them out. But <laughs> well, no, you can gonna... set your boundaries with them, right? So, exactly. like the same way you set your boundaries ah. with us, right? Like I oh, know wait. not to use it with you, but I I don't generally restrict myself from saying the word lie, just because my understanding of the word lie is that it's to tell an untruth, and so for me being being a writer, being a communicator, it's just you've told an untruth. That's all it means to me. It doesn't mean anything else to me, but it carries right. more for you that right. makes it feel disrespectful to you. So I think it's appropriate for you to set your boundary with the children to say this feels inappropriate for me. I don't care what your mama lets you do. We're not doing this. Exactly. You're fair to say that and do that. But like I said, for me as a communicator, my understanding of the word lie is just merely to tell an untruth. And that doesn't bother me. Wow. That's that's interesting because you know, I think I would kind of freak out if one of your children called you a liar, <laughs> even though they weren't talking to me. If you said you're a liar in front of me, that would that would be a little bit more. It's the same thing like using you know, curse words. I'm sure you won't, you won't tolerate that. And you know, I don't curse. I've never cursed at you or around you. I, I won't do any of that because it's disrespectful. And I truly believe that you should model the behaviors that you expect. See, now, I don't know if I should say anything because I don't want to send you to therapy. <laughs> Yeah, you don't send me the thing. But I know you, I know you curse, and I know you and your sister curse when I'm you think I'm off the phone when we're having our three-way conversation. <laughs> so, so I know you two use that language around each other. But as long I don't know, I can't verify it. I've never heard it, but I'm sure you you two do it, but I've never heard you do it. So it doesn't exist. Fair. I would never curse in front of you ever. And I feel like it's important to know how to code switch. Like, so even though myself as an adult now, or I have my own house and pay my own bills and can say freely what I want to say, I do think that there is value in teaching children that there is a time and a place, right? To say right. certain things and to engage in certain behaviors. And so, yes, with my friends, with my sister, with my peers, to me, that is an appropriate time and place for me to speak freely in whatever manner speaking freely looks like for me when I'm with my mom, when I'm with other elders, when I'm at work, that, that's not something I do on the show. We don't do it on the right. show, right? Like there are places where I feel like it's appropriate for me to 100% speak freely. And there are other places where I feel like maybe not appropriate. And so while, like I said, as an adult, I do find certain joy at times from using certain words. <laughs> 
I will not do it in your presence. And there are other places and people that I do not use certain words in their presence out of a level of respect. Like I want to be respectful of you because I don't know what your preferences are. I don't know what your sensitivities are. And so I want to be respectful. And that's why I don't do it on the show. I don't want my message to get lost because I've danced on a sensitivity around words for somebody or exclude or alienate listeners because they don't prefer certain types of language. And so I feel like my message is best delivered by using just plain English and out of respect for people. I want to do that, but I do do you think, do you think as a parent, you'll allow your kids to curse just in the home? Like some parents, no, I let them drink, but only in the house. So are you that parent? Will you be that parent? Absolutely not. I don't think that there are certain things that children should say, like you don't pay the bills here. You don't have a home. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have the ability. You have not built the equity to be able to say certain things. But when you get to that point, I'm just wondering when I come to Thanksgiving dinner at your house, we're going to have some F-bombs floating across the turkey. And I don't know. I just want to make sure, make sure if I should wear headphones to your house for dinner. F bomb, you know this is a national. Listen, <laughs> no, you won't. You will not be served cold ham, cold turkey. There will not be. I I don't even feel comfortable saying what you said, but there will no be no expletives or foul language at the table. Just, but in your presence, I'm not even gonna say that word because I don't well, know where you. you I, I don't know no, where you I don't like it. On it. <laughs> So I'm not even going to go there, but we're not going to do that. Um, but you will be getting mac and cheese with more than sharp cheddar in it. It's going to be some sweet potato souffle and it ain't going to be uh, no meat in the stuffing. I'll just make sure I eat before I come. I'll Sounds just good. come there for the social aspects. Anyway, so back to parenting. Where where are we now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I think those are some other things, some some good characteristics of what makes a good parent setting boundaries, right? Uh, clearly communicating expectations. I think we kind of got there in a roundabout way, um, let, providing limitations on what is allowed and where it's allowed. I think that one of the things that was most effective about your parenting was that there was no flexibility. Like there, there was no, <laughs> right? There was no, you can curse out at school, but you can't curse at home. Your expectation was you don't curse anywhere. Like there was no, you know, you can, I don't know, wear this top at school, but not at home. If I was allowed to wear the top at all, I could wear it everywhere. And so I think that made it effective because I never had to worry about where the line was, but I also got real good at code switching, right? And that's okay. <laughs> but see, again, that's okay. But but you said something real important there. Kids need to know where the line is. They need to always be able to say, uh-uh my mom ain't going for that. They need to know where you stand on everything. They need to know that. And the only way that they know that is if your behavior is consistent. That's it. They need to know. Otherwise they're confused. Well, Tuesday, you let me do this. And Wednesday you didn't. And Thursday, no, mom says no to this every single time, every time. So I'm not even asking anymore. You know, by the time you guys were in high school, 
you were pretty much raising yourself. You knew what the boundaries, where I drew the line in the sand. You knew everything. You knew what I was going to say. I remember your sister went into the guidance counselor's office and the counselor said, well, Mackenzie, you know, the calculus class is closed, so we're going to have to let you take um, art. And she, she said, no, my mother is not going for that. She said, so set, set up an appointment for my mother to come in tomorrow. So the counselor, trying to be smart, said, well, I only have 7 a.m. open. She said, she'll take it. She said, well, don't you want to check and see if she'll come? Nope. She'll be here in the morning. And there I was at 6.59, sitting in her that counselor's office telling her, my daughter will not take art instead of calculus. But she knew enough to say, no, that is not going to fly with her. And your kids need to know that, what you will accept and what you won't accept. Absolutely. And so I just want to point out before we move on to the end of our conversation here, which has been fantastic at the beginning of and this is just my skills as an investigative reporter slash interrogator at the top of this episode, you said never say no, but then you just said is important that they know the word no. See, look at that, that they know K N O W not no. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh so but that you know you need to you need to know me do you okay here's my do you think you know me do you think you know that what I'm gonna say yes to what I'm gonna say no to how I'm gonna react when the Wendy's lady tell me she can't add me on a, an ice cream because it's not on the register do you know what I'm gonna do that's of I, course you I, do, I, I do. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately I <laughs> you have been very effective at communicating boundaries, but that's really, that's really what it is, right? It's uh, setting exactly. the expectation is really boundary consistently, setting. consistently mm. setting the expectations and not, not going back, not Tuesday. Well, okay. You've been nice. You can go ahead and do this. You know, that's never me. You can never, when I said, no, you're not doing it. I don't care how nice you were at dinner. No, still no. Well, so is there anything now looking back that you wish you had done differently? I wish I had allowed your sister to take singing lessons. Oh my gosh, are we really me. doing this? <laughs> <laughs> obviously really? she holds that against me because I made a judgment and put her in a different class besides singing. So that's one thing I wish I had done differently. And while we're laughing about it, I really wish I had because what I did, I made an assumption about what she could do. She could have been the next Beyonce, for all I know she thinks she is right now. But maybe I, maybe I took that away from her because I saw her strength in another area. I knew that she was strong, strong, strong. I led her in that direction as opposed to giving her singing lessons. And she still talks about that to this day. <laughs> so that's one thing. And I think that's, I don't know, I tried to make sure that whatever you said you wanted to do, I gave you lessons in it. I didn't try to stifle anything. I didn't know what direction you guys were headed in. So if you said, I think I want to be this, let's take some classes. You think I want, let's do it. Let's do it. So I don't think I did. That was the one thing. But otherwise, I think, no, we did everything. <laughs> we did everything and we tried everything. Well, one, one flip side to that coin is that I felt like you pushed me to play golf when I didn't want to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so there is like a flip side to that coin, right? Well, well here's, here's the flip side. 
I'm the mother. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That, and for all of you out there, I'm the mother. Regardless of what happens, how you feel, I'm the mother. You do, And here's where I think where the strictness comes in. You do what I tell you to do. And yes. that's it. There's no, and you know, that's, that's just the way I am. You don't have a, a voice. I pay all your bills. I make sure that you have the best life you can lead. You do what I tell you to do. And, and not only do you do it, but I want you to smile while you're doing it and tell everybody you love it. You say, yes, I pushed you to golf. And you know, you were pretty chatty, chatty. You know, she was pretty talky even as a little girl. And she told the golf teacher, uh, this is my last class. I'm not coming back. Well, the teacher said, Sydney just told me she's done with golf. We'll see you next week. So of course, Sydney and I had to talk about it. <laughs> and we explained that she would be going back to golf. Not only would she be going back, she would love it. She would tell the teacher that she loved it and she would give it 100%. And you turned out to be a great golfer. You got a golf scholarship. You don't know. And parents, this is what I say to mothers, how are you going to let an eight-year-old tell you what they're going to do? Who, who left them in charge? You're the mother, parent them. They're going to hate you sometimes, and I don't care. I'm still feeding you. You don't want to eat my food? Bye, Felicia. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> I threw that out. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm curious because you said that on the one hand, you felt like you had nurtured certain gifts more in right. McKenzie. But I'm saying that, you know, I felt like, you pushed me in direction. So it's, it's like the same, the same coin, right? It's like you set the tone for where our lives was going to go. It's just like it, setting the tone in her instance looked like pulling back. And in mine, it, it manifested in giving more. But, and so I see that, thing. Like, that critique as being the, the same different sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? But you wanted to be a singer. You took singing lessons for many years. You performed around town. You're a great singer. But in my head, I'm thinking trying to be an entertainer is a hard life. You know, yeah, you see Beyonce, you know, flying in the wind, but she these these entertainers work hard for the money. I didn't know if I saw you getting a scholarship as a singer. So while I didn't stop you from singing, you still took singing lessons, but I also insisted that you stay on the golf path insisted is lightly what she said let oh. me tell you what she said she said that if you don't play golf you can't do anything else period <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said i just want to since we being sugar free i just want to let the people know what she told oh, me. I, I thought that's what i said <laughs> <laughs> but see so, i'm looking as a parent and these are parents need to understand you've been there you have experiences that these kids don't have you know i knew that her trying to be a singer I don't care how good she was, it was going to be a, a rough life. And how do I, how do you allow your ch child to say, I want to be something when I know you can get a, a golf scholarship. So now you're taking money out of my pocket. And what did I always say to you? If what you do doesn't impact me, have at it. But if it does, you have no say over this. Impact you financially. <laughs> impact me, period. For instance, you know, doing the tongue piercing situations. Oh, Lordy. I'm thinking. <laughs> Listen, so for context, y'all, we grew up in Las Vegas. So it's a very liberal place. Piercings, tattoos, all of that, not 
regarded the same way as it is in more conservative areas. So before she going to try to tell somebody <laughs> business, let me tell you. So one time we went on a golf trip and came home and she had got a tattoo and a belly piercing <laughs> of her own. So, she, you know, model the behavior. I'm just saying we weren't the but only the behavior ones is, getting tattoos and all other stuff. But if it didn't impact you. So what I'm saying, so when you get a tongue piercing and it gets infected, who got to pay for that? That would be me. Now, if you want to dye your hair orange, I don't care. Dye it orange, dark, don't, don't matter to me. Because if it falls out, that's on you. But if I have to take you to the doctor for something, then that falls back on me. So it impacts me. So if what you do does not impact me, have fun with it. I see. Well, she got the the, the tongue ring anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Among other things, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is but I will say at least we never got anything that couldn't be easily covered so between my sister and I I think we've had every piercing tattoo you could have but and I still have my nose ring that I wear every day but at least we never got anything that is not easily concealable right that's a win yeah. it, didn't, it didn't impact me that's that's my win if I don't have to ultimately pay for it I don't care like you know I had to same rules about cleaning up, you know, parents, she won't clean her room. She doesn't hang up her clothes. I don't care if her room, if she has piles of clothes in her room, close the door and have at it. I don't care. Now, if I see bugs start coming out under the door, we got a problem. But if you're sleeping on mounds of clothes, I don't care. Parents don't sweat that kind of stuff. Just don't worry. You have so many things to worry about. Don't worry about things that really don't affect anybody but them. That's true. I mean, Listen, I feel like <laughs> some people really, it's important to them, though, to keep the, the room clean. I don't like I think they think it instills some sort of value. So for some people, it's it's just an important thing. No, so. no, not for me. Now, not the rest of the house. You can't drop your jacket off on the floor in the living room. Now, you can't do that. This is only your area. If you want your area to look a mess, I'm okay with that. So let's make, I guess the, the parenting tip is make sure you're fighting the right battles. Gotcha. I feel like that is a good place to end the conversation in terms of your best advice for parents is to pick your battles. So, That's right. yes. And let, let me just say this, that Jean Jackson is not scared of a fight. And there are some days when she chose <laughs> violence. Okay. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> okay. So choosing violence is like a term. It doesn't mean you actually chose oh. like physical violence. So my mom okay. does not do physical violence at all. No. But like when you choose violence, that means you, you, you came for the smoke that day. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> if I have to, I'm ready. Let, let's go. <laughs> but again, parents, it didn't come to that because they knew I was ready. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. I didn't have to do that, but they knew if it came down to that, it was on, <laughs> and but it never did. Absolutely never did. Gotcha. All right. Well, that wraps up the questions. Thank you so much for giving us your tips. I feel like we'll have to have you back 
on another Mother's Day so that you can give some more tips. I feel like we only really touched the really the tip of the iceberg with all the wealth of knowledge and information that you have about motherhood. So thank you for sharing with us. But before we let you go, of course, we have to get into our sugar free quickies. And I have quickies also. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. So (laughs) this Mother's Day episode of sugar free quickies. I'm doing something a little bit different. Normally, our sugar-free quickies is a series of either or questions and you have to pick one or the other. But for this Mother's Day, I wanted to leave the questions open-ended. So if you can give like a short one to three word answer for every question, that is the name of the game today. You ready? Absolutely. All right. No, that was my first answer. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Mom, are you ready? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) yes I am all right what is the best Mother's Day gift you've ever received two children oh well you could only receive one at a time (laughs) really it seemed like it was two at a time (laughs) so we'll say Mackenzie because she was the one to make you a mother and so you you came both of you were great gifts to me You continue to be great gifts. Wonderful. I just wish that you had, you know, um, shown how much I meant to you by giving me as many home videos and recordings as you gave me, Kenzie. So that's yeah, that's that's the parenting thing. You know, the first child gets everything: the bronze shoes, (laughs) the parties, and then the second child comes along. You're just so tired. The good news is, and here's a little secret: I'll tell everyone. Don't tell Sydney, but my children look so much alike that I just told Sydney some of those Kinsey pictures were hers. The problem was Sydney has a mole on her left cheek. Do you know how many eyebrow pencils I had to buy to pencil in some of Kinsey's pictures? Don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, I knew it wasn't me. <laughs> anyway, we just need to move on to question two. What gift as a mother do you consider to be priceless? I just told you, my two children, you're the best gift ever, except for those scratchers from California and Georgia. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) you you know, I love a scratcher. (laughs) (laughs) You do love a scratcher. I don't know if you are allowed to be scratching in Vegas. So we just going to keep that on the DL. Okay. So next question Name a mother whom you admire. My mother. My mother had me when she was 15. And she had to drop out of, out of high school in the ninth grade. But she, she worked very hard. She took care of us. We never, my sister and I never knew that we were poor until we finally saw some people who had money, you know, but she took care of us. She protected us. She made sure she put me through college. She, my mother handed out towels at the YMCA so that I could have money to go to college. So my mother was absolutely my hero. And she got her GED when she was 40 years old. Yes, Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> she did. We'll even excuse the fact that your answer was much longer than one oh, to three words. My bad. 
<laughs> I won't even edit out everything you said after my mother. <laughs> All right. Final sugar free quickie. Your favorite part of being a mother. Watching you grow. Oh, three words. You did it, girl. I love it. I'm not done. Uh, no. <laughs> no, really. That's it's just every day. It's just a joy to watching, watching you grow and watching you, you know, reach higher and higher and higher. It's, it's exciting for me to watch. Well, I'm glad that you are here to watch. And it is my honor to be able to share life with you and to make you proud. So can I ask my questions? Uh, we can always edit them out later. If you can be. edit them out if you like, I'll know. Um, okay. Here, here are my questions. Do you want to have children? Oh, please limit your responses to one or two words. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Do you want to have children? I don't know. Did anything I do influence that decision? No. Okay. Was I a great mom or an awesome mom? Just choose one of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. What was my best parenting trick? Can I get more than one to two words? Yes, you can have a couple. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Two is a couple. (laughs) So do I get more? (laughs) Yes, you you may expound upon it. Um. I don't know if trick is the right word to describe it exactly, but I will say that the best thing that you did for us as a parent was that you had a vision um, for our lives that you stuck to and committed to. So my sister and I played golf competitively from the time that we were five and seven respectively through college. And at the time in the 90s, when we were growing up, that was not a popular sport choice. And there were not a whole lot of girls or boys in the sport who looked like us, especially where we were located. And so I know that it was very difficult for you to pursue that avenue and that choice for us when it wasn't popular, when people didn't understand, when they didn't agree, when we weren't winning, when we weren't doing well, right? Like when you're winning, everybody's like, oh, I get it now. I understand. Like, but you know, when you're first starting out and people not really like, why would you have them do that? Like, why don't you put them in something else? So I admire your commitment to the vision. I didn't always agree with the vision and there, you know, but that it wasn't my vision. (laughs) you know um and so there are still times when I feel like I don't always agree with your vision but it ain't my vision God didn't give it to me he gave it to you no and he he gave you me so there you go (laughs) (laughs) what was my worst parenting trick um I think the same thing is the same thing it's the the lack of flexibility and in allowing us to guide have more of a say so in our own lives Okay. Okay. Do you think I have a a favorite child? (laughs) (laughs) Because I love my sister. I'm not going to say anything other than I'm the favorite. (laughs) 
Look, I think that you loved us both equally, but I definitely feel like I'm the favorite. So a lot of people don't know this, but my <laughs> sister was actually, I feel like my sister was the Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's one of her best qualities now is that she's never willing to just accept status quo because it's status quo. But for somebody like my mom who very inflexible. I feel like it was a lot of headbutting growing up, but <laughs> and for that reason, I get to be the favorite. <laughs> and, and let me say this to parents. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, Wahim, you my favorite today. Don't, don't think you're going to ruin them for life. Do I have favorites on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Is Sid my favorite on some Saturdays and, and not on Sunday? And I don't mind telling them, they are, you can't hurt them. They are resilient. You are not my favorite every day. Say that to them now. You got to love them, but you don't have to like them. And don't wow. be afraid of that, parents. Don't, don't shy away from that. Let them know that sometimes, you know, you make it hard on the sister to love you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Exactly. Hey, I said and that I out wonder, loud. <laughs> I wonder she said at the top of the episode, we might need therapy. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? All right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, wait a minute. I have one more. Um, if our roles were reversed, what would you do different? Like if I was the mom, the mom. and you were my daughter. Yes. Um. I think that there's a lot of things that I would keep, but I think there's a lot of, there's a, a number of things that I would do differently. As you guys probably have seen throughout the episode, my mom is very blunt and I feel like I get that quality from her in terms of being sugar-free. Honestly, you gonna, you gonna get it how I'm giving it and that's what it is. But I think that that's one thing that I would change if you were my daughter, that I felt like, we got was sometimes people ain't got to get it how you want to give it. <laughs> like so, sometimes you can put a little Splenda on it, especially when you're talking about your children, just because I, I've read articles and they say that what you say to your child becomes their inner voice. And I know that there were times when you wanted to be hard on us to make us better, but as an adult, I've felt like at times my inner voice can be very negative for that reason. And I want my kids inner voice to be positive. And so I want to speak that into you always at all times and always. So that that's one thing that I would do differently for you. Oh, well, that's nice. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, but I, but, I but don't that's... think that you would, but we're not the but... same person exactly you're supposed to you're supposed to take certain things away and leave certain things so when you become a parent if you think you know oh that won't work but I guarantee you and I wish that I could put some money on this you're going to be just like me you know why and here's why because you like who you are you like the results that you have achieved in your life you like the success that you're having you love it and sometimes when you see some of your old friends and they're not doing as well and, and they were just as smart, you know, they had everything that you had in life, but they just didn't have that 
competitive edge that says, I have to do more. You like where you are. You love the person that you have become. You're welcome. I think I'm a work in progress, but I'm getting there. But you're in progress. Look where you are. You're not starting at the bottom. You're starting at the top as a work in progress. There, The sky is the limit for you. But we also have to acknowledge, right, that there are there's more than one way to do things. And so it's only one way. Okay, that's right. All right. All right. All right. There's only one way. (laughs) There's only one way. I tell people that because I want them to feel better about the mistakes they're making with their children. But there is truly only one way. There you go. All right. Thank you for another amazing episode. sugar-free podcast one thing I know for sure right or wrong good bad or ugly is that my mama loves me I think (laughs) (laughs) but that's important because the one thing that I I know (laughs) that your sister said when I was about to strangle her she said I know that what you did came from a place of love I can accept everything that you tell me or do to me because it comes from a place of love. And that's important. You know that whatever I say, whatever I take away, whatever I tell you is coming from a place of love, not come place of viciousness. Am I right all the time? Absolutely not. But I think I'm right. (laughs) And that's important. (laughs) But that's important. I think I'm right. I think I'm leading you down the right path. I'm doing it from a place of love and that's it. Never petty. Maybe not vicious, never, but ne- well, never. This never petty and vicious petty. is in it, but this this petty <laughs> in love. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, like I said, I know that my mama's loves me, especially because it's what keeps me out of the therapist chair. So <laughs> <laughs> So we're just going to go with my mama loves me. And I know that all of your moms love you too. And that you all out there who are mothers, you love your babies as well. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and all those who are mother figures. And for those who aren't mothers, make sure you hold on to your mamas or your mama figures really, really, really tight this weekend because life is short. And they need to know every single day how much we love and appreciate them. And of course, make sure you get them plenty of scratchers. That's what Lord, I'm talking about. Help me, Jesus. So thanks again for tuning in. <laughs> thanks so much again, mom, for joining us. Be sure to tune back in next week for plenty of laughs, plenty of juicy secrets not told by my mama. And of course, plenty of the most exquisite tea. That's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends. And be sure to keep the tea party going, a With plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free.